Hey, welcome to Gig News this morning for Thursday, May 19th, 2022. I'm your host, GigTube, and as our as is with us for a while now, Steve in Texas and Joe, aka Driven Wild, in uh actually he's in the same state as me, but he's just further <laughs> south. What's going on, guys? Good morning. Morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Uh, I just uh, got off the party bus. <laughs> Did you? And yes, just got off the party bus. A long night, but um, <laughs> that's all right. I'm I'm here. Why didn't you invite me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to connect your you know connect your Uber app to the Google Ooh. calendar calendar thing, and then it you know auto puts it on your calendar. I see. We got anybody in the chat? Say hi. So, uh, as is my new work schedule, I don't work Tuesdays and Wednesdays, so I don't really have any funny or interesting stories to tell, other than I interviewed Atlanta Delivers yesterday afternoon, so check that out if you didn't see it. That must have been a fun experience. Who'd you yeah, interview? Well, Who? Well, if you would actually watch the videos of the channel that, <laughs> that you're... I mean, from an interviewer's perspective, wow, quite an assumption there, Chad. No, no it, that, that was, was I was, I was, that was, that was, that was a, um, you know, that was a teasing question, so you could explain <laughs> to the viewers. Right up, states here. Good morning, people. Oh, uh, yep. Mute your phone. No, you know what that is. My phone gets close to the pod track over here and it starts messing with the mic. Pod track? Uh, it's uh, what my mic is connected to. Hmm. Is it like so you... uh, wireless? Uh, no. So basically, mic goes into cloud lifter, which goes into this mechanical piece of junk and <laughs> into my computer. So that way I can control with my actual hand and not with the uh, computer software how my mic is actually going to go. Because it could be loud like this or loud. I just <laughs> change my voice. Well, I, I worked on Monday. It was terrible. I haven't had a bad day in a long time. It yes. was very discouraging. What it's happens, definitely slowing down. It's hot. It's really hot here, and all the deliver, all the orders were really far. I drove, huh. I drove and drove and drove for like five six dollar tips. Then you go to the gas. Then I had to go to the gas station. That was a humiliation to go to the gas station today. So, <laughs> How was that humiliating? Was it the price tag? The price. Yeah. How much yeah. is the? How much is it where you are? It's like four forty six here. Four forty nine by May, actually. Yeah, in in Dallas, it's it's like four thirty nine. It went Aww. up like thirty cents. Yeah, I know. It went up <laughs> like thirty cents in in twenty four, like in a day. Am I missing? It was like four dollars yeah. last week. It yeah, it, it did it? a huge jump a week it, or two ago. Yeah, and it it's did kind a of straight at that. So it did a huge jump. And then it went down a little bit and then right back up to where it was. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right upstate said I paid four eighty nine this morning. Yeah. Well, and here we are York. complaining. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah, Texas mm-hmm. and Florida are probably the cheaper states for gas. I That's mean, yeah. true. It also is the income tax free state. So uh if you That's guys right. want to come down and be on a live interview, we could definitely mm-hmm. impose that on GigTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's higher in Michigan. So I I uh, interviewed right upstate about a year ago last summer. He was on the podcast. So um, check that out in the archives or whatever. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. There was a, there's some YouTube drama going on, but I don't know. Should we pile on it? But I'm see, I, I, I just heard about it. I haven't, so I'm going to be reporting it like third hand here. So, uh, well, still spill. Apparently, there, there's a there's a beef between UDM and Pedro, but I don't know oh. uh, what what it's about. I know Pedro did like a two hour live stream talking about it a few nights ago. Oh uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, Pedro actually made a video yesterday about it. Mm-hmm. apparently it was something about calling out his kids or something to that effect and mm-hmm. first of all keep family out of it yeah <laughs> like if you got a problem with me or chad it's one thing but nothing to do with our families that's that's nothing to do with what actually happens on the channel yeah i, I would consider both those guys friends or friendly you know i'm friendly with both of them so i'm not trying to like take sides here so yeah i well <laughs> i think another thing that needs to be said is that all of us are for each other and there may be some friction at times but every relationship of every kind is going to have some level of friction mm-hmm. so yeah i'm sure it'll work itself out in time well, so is this like driven by professional jealousies? The, the, no, it's called. It's the spat, being, It's the, the official term is driven wild. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, have you have you worked lately? I work every day. Oh, so, every day. Okay, yeah. right. Um, my Joe's main, a machine. He doesn't I, take a day off. <laughs> yeah, and to the point where it's caused burnout for me more than once. Um, that happens. And I don't want to. I don't want to talk too deep about it because I actually am going to be talking about it on a live stream tonight on my channel. So this is not going to be that it should be for that channel. We don't want to bring that over here. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. More, more bad news for Uber. Well, this is our first first story is a, a bad news for Uber. We okay. just changed the name of the show from Gig News this morning to the Bad News for Uber show. <laughs> nah, that's not fair. Uber, Uber's good. Oops. Like Uber's got a good quality app. It's just its competition is just not fair. Um, All right, so let's dive in here from BusinessInsider.com. Leak numbers show Uber is lagging behind DoorDash on building a subscription service. This picture is like super old. I, I always use that. All right, so at Monday's Uber product showcase, the company hired comedian Alana Glazer to pitch new features like planning trips, booking party buses, and ordering food at baseball games. All through the Uber app. We'll talk about that more later. CEO Dara Kashrashawi 
close the show personally pitching its subscription service uber one which the company hopes will unite all these new services under one membership but internal figures show that uber is lagging behind its competitor doordash when it comes to signing up subscribers the company has around 8 million global subscribers for its slate of subscription services according to a person familiar with the figure doordash recently disclosed it has more than 10 million subscribers it's a big Underperformance for Uber, given that DoorDash's membership program, DashPass, only offers this kind of food delivery. Uber One combines perks for meal delivery and rides, as well as a handful of new services. Further, the majority of DoorDash's customers are in the U.S., where Uber is the biggest rider, uh, rides and delivery service globally. Several insiders at Uber chalk up its slow uptake on building a subscription service to company politics and a lack of direction from CEO. Although the employees have discussed and tested the idea of an Uber subscription for both rides and delivery for years, DoorDash beat them to the punch by rolling out DashPass in 2017. Uber raced to launch its Uber Eats membership service a year later. The company's biggest proposal, combining Eats and Rides in a single plan, was a five-year-long process, several current and former employees said. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So Uber, behind the, behind the times as always, um, not a whole lot to say on this one other than it's, I feel like we're like, kind of like on like I, a repeat here or a broken record. Just like Uber behind the times. I think uh, they're holding back because it isn't profitable. Those passes, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the one right, you know, ha go ahead. No, they go ahead. Joe. Well, well, as far as the subscription service Uber One, it is a high five years bureaucracy problems. I mean, that's a thing, too. <laughs> um, but when it comes to comparing Uber to DoorDash, as far as a subscription service, Uber has the higher quality app overall. You got a loyalty program where you can actually earn rewards. You have discounts on uber eats as well as on uber as a ride as a rideshare company and there's just a lot more to offer on uber one please look into that <laughs> right um <laughs> there's a lot more of it opportunity on uber one as opposed to just what if what is it uber or i'm sorry doordash this is why I have editing, by the way, so that way I don't look like I'm crazy. Uh <laughs> Joe, I think you're right. I, yeah, you know, I think that's that's. I thought that Business Insider story was pretty, pretty uh, harsh on Uber. I have a American Express Platinum, and Uber. There are there are all these Uber perks if you have an American Express Platinum. I mean, they so they go they they market really heavily with the American Express crowd. Now I I I'm an outlier, but uh, you know I think most people who have a platinum card toss have a lot more money to spend and <laughs> spend freely, and that's probably really good. Uh, which also which also leads to the other point: DoorDash has a lot of quantity of customers as yeah. opposed to quality yeah. of customers, which is something a gig worker is actually looking for. They're looking for the higher quality customers because yeah, higher quality customers have higher quality tips i noticed that's i noticed that is because doordash has over 50 percent market share so i know like if i turn on my phone if i go online with the big three grubhub uber eats doordash um i can leave grubhub and uber eats on because the order like say like i'm i have like other stuff to do yeah you know 
Um, the orders are so, or let's say less frequent on Uber Eats and Grubhub compared to DoorDash. I don't turn DoorDash on until I'm ready to like go out the door, shoes on, dressed, key in the ignition. Because as soon as I turn DoorDash on, unless it's a really slow day, those orders are coming in pretty quickly. I mean, I might decline like 90% of them because the customers are so cheap and not tipping, but yeah, the orders are coming in. So it's, it doesn't, and actually I have a Daspash myself and it's funny because I could have swore I canceled it last year. And, uh, you know, I order DoorDash maybe once or twice a month and it, it is nice to see that that delivery fee go down to zero or, you know, and then like they have like a service fee or whatever. And like, it's, it goes from two bucks, like 50 cents or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I know like, like when you see those subscription service signups, like it's always, you know. Nine ninety nine a month or a hundred bucks a year, which is essentially two free months. But you have to pay it. You don't pay it. Well, you can pay it by monthly or you can pay it by uh, yearly, and it's just much easier for me to just like like with Amazon Prime, you just pay it once a year and you don't think about it. And then when you actually need to order something, you see those delivery fees and all that stuff drop to zero, and it's like, hey, that's nice. But I did. I used to have Walmart Plus and I used to have the Instacart. Uh, Express or whatever it's called, and I canceled those two because I use them like maybe two, three times a year. I, I pretty much would only order Walmart or Instacart delivery if like I was sick and I couldn't leave the house. But otherwise, since yeah. I'm out there all the time anyway, but I I will occasionally order DoorDash on my days off or if I get home from work and I think there's food in the fridge and I realize there's not, and it's like I just got home from working eight hours, I don't want to go back out. Then I'll yeah. order DoorDash. Yeah. By, the way, by the way, if you drive for shipped, mm -hmm. they give you a free membership. I didn't even know that. That's actually very interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that they actually give free memberships like that. I, there may I'm be some. There may be some requirements, shipped. but there may be. Some, you know, you may have to drive so many hours or whatever. But, hmm. but you can do it. I, I. So anyway, that's a little perk that they still they still offer. I'm ready for. You know, they still offer it. Steve, you got to talk to Carol for me. I still can't get in with shipped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might consider I have to I, I should go get a new like a second phone number because I have this. I mean, I have this Android. That I only use like I use it on Wi-Fi, but if maybe for like one month, I'll go get a second line and then I'll apply to ship using the new phone number and use a different email address. Mm -hmm. And and then maybe I can just I can't even get to like the interview process. I am. Um... De so I am definitely considering getting a different phone number as well. So I totally right. understand where you're coming from. By the way, do you guys like this new? I like this layout better. <laughs> it definitely looks a lot better. Because we look like far. super, we look super cramped like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can almost. Well, this looks Steve. like anime or something. I can almost hug <laughs> Steve. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess we should move on. Now, this next story is inherently political and it's from a, a essentially like an NGO website. So proceed with caution. I am, but I agree with pretty much everything that they wrote. So this is from laborpains.org because being in a union can be painful. So if you're a yes. fan of unions, you're probably going to cringe at this story. Who's the real author behind Seattle's pay up legislation working Washington guys start advocating for a service employees, international union in its fight for 15 campaign. 
most recently, working Washington pushed for a government takeover of Seattle's gig economy through its pay-up policy, which Steve and I talked about uh, a few like a month ago or so. On April 5th, City Council member Lisa Herbold introduced a bill under that name. The pay-up package sets compensation for minimums uh, for gig workers and limits how apps can deactivate workers and remove them from the service. It could have big implications for every Seattle resident who uses a gig service. Prices could increase. Apps could have a harder time removing poorly rated drivers and new delivery services could be less likely to come to Seattle. Internal documents obtained by the Center for Union Facts from the, C C yeah, from the city of Seattle shed new insights on the origins of legislation. Working Washington's main lobbyist, Sage Wilson, has been able to provide key input on legislation to several members of Seattle City Council, their staff, and the Office of Labor Standards, a.k.a. OLS. Uh, Wilson not only advised these people, but set the timeline of legislation and was allowed to edit the bill. Uh, I'm just going to skip down here a little. Uh, Wilson was also given the opportunity to directly edit the draft. On December 7th, the city council office shared the draft text of the payoff legislation with Wilson. Soon after, Wilson happily approved the draft text, stating, we are quite pleased. Wilson also sent direct edits to the bill, seeking to have his modifications directly put into the bill. Less than two weeks later, Wilson reached out to OLS staff to propose even more amendments. Wilson's efforts with OLS were well-received. The now-published version of the bill incorporated almost verbatim his proposals on market network place solutions. Remember, Wilson isn't a policy expert. He's a registered lobbyist for Working Washington, whose literal job is to influence legislative outcomes towards his employer's preferred outcomes. Additionally, Wilson's own LinkedIn states that his first job was participating in the protests against the World Trade Organization. Seattle voters deserve confidence that legislation with potentially wide-reaching consequences is written with their interests in mind, not the whims of labor lobbyists. Unfortunately, the evidence strongly suggests otherwise. So Steve and I have talked about... Um, pay up and working Washington and Vanessa Bain and all those people for a while. This doesn't really come as a surprise to me. I mean, it's because it's inherently political, you know, obviously there's a slant to it. I'd be a little, I'd kind of like to know like the, you know, the citation needed on some of these things, but um, is it either this surprise? Well, um, that's how it works. Uh, he's a lobbyist. You know, every state and every city has their own rules for lobbying, but he's a union lobbyist, and that's that's how that's how a lot of law. I mean, that's that's how the process works. Uh, I looked up his LinkedIn LinkedIn because they linked it. Yeah, and comes right out of it comes right out of central casting for <laughs> for that kind of a job. And he went to Brown University too. He graduated from. Sage Wilson graduated from Brown University. You know how much money that costs Brown yeah. University in Providence? That is that's a very well, expensive maybe, school. Unless they got a hockey scholarship. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, but you know, that's that's what the whole pay up game is, you know. They also talk about how uh, he lobbied for the you know, Seattle has the $15 minimum wage. Mm -hmm. They were like the first city, one of the first cities to do that. It's probably funded by the, you know, it's it's the same people advocating those issues. Uh, that would happen in our states. Yeah. Uh, Joe, I don't know you super well. I know you're from Long Island. I'm not sure you're... Yep, uh, I'm from New York. If you're, I moved to Florida. I am 100% against the idea of independent contractors becoming unionized. I am 100% against it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> I'm not I, anti. I'm not totally anti-union. My father, you know, my father is a, was a teamster, so you know, they do. Good, I believe they were behind the "Go Puff Yourself" protest <laughs> as well. IIRC. <laughs> Which led to GoPuff disabling all Slack chats nationwide. Instacart, I mean, Instacart went through that same turmoil. Mm. But well, you know what? It, it, I was going to say it kind of sucks. Is again, not to sound like a broken record, but it's like the the same handful of people are all these squeaky wheels are getting all the grease, and it's the people like us who just want to be left alone, you know. It's hard to. I'm not going to go out there at a protest with a sign like "I just want to be left alone" or uh, you know, just no, you know, no, yeah, no unions or you know, just keep me as a 10.99 or whatever. Um, so it's hard to make a lot of noise when you're main, maintaining the status quo, I guess. Well, that's what all of these podcasts and all of the content that we create is hopefully going to support. Mm -hmm. I think we all, uh, the majority of independent contractors can agree that the purpose of becoming an independent contractor is the freedom and flexibility to be able to work on your own terms. Eric's with you. Eric is on my side. Deliver that also went through that also with Slack. I didn't even know. I heard of Deliver that recently. No union for me. Choose I knowledge. Heard. Where where are you getting these uh, citation needed on that? I don't. I don't do. I'm technically in with deliver that, but I don't. I delete the app. I don't. I don't do it anymore. It's just because all the jobs are in the morning. I'm not ready to go until after lunch. So I mean, I think I that, to get that from. I just heard it from a UDM's channel. He just talked about it, and I was like, "All right, let me take a peek into what it is." It's apparently a. Uh, a catering app or something to that effect. Yeah. I'm not really sure too much about it, but um, I didn't sign up yet. I haven't had it. I never made that decision for myself if I actually want to, because I heard that they pool tips or something like that. Hmm. But Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that. I mean, on the, on one hand, if you don't get tips, well, you still get tipped because they, so socialize the the tips basically you know yeah um, pool pool yeah pool. so i mean everybody gets the same amount more or less but on the other hand if you know you get tipped and some turd driver who did a shitty job doesn't you know it's like i kind of want my tip so it's like do you want do you want to take the gamble of doing a job and you know maybe not getting tipped or you know it's up to you how they want to do it I mean, personally speaking, I prefer to I want to know everything up front. I do not want to take that gamble. If they're going to hide the tip, I'm not really all that interested, personally speaking. Yeah. Um, that being said, if I'm getting paid the same amount as the guy that's putting half as much effort as I am. If that is something I actually wanted, I'd move to China. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not how I operate. I, I'm i going to work harder because I want to make more. I'm not going to work harder so that way uh, the guy who would normally be smoking weed in the back instead of doing his job is going to be paid the same amount, if not more, than me. That just doesn't make sense. That's why I got into the gig economy in the first place, is to be paid what I'm worth, not to be paid 
what other people determine is my value. Yeah, there's this comment from Ride Upstate. Um, he said, I think most gig workers want the same benefits you get from a regular job. People on YouTube are small. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, we all want benefits. Why wouldn't you want benefits? But um, as far as maintaining your independent status, just survey after survey after survey of gig workers showed like the vast majority of us, like, you know, anywhere from two thirds to like, you know, three quarters or more want to be independent contractors. So the, you know, the statistics doesn't bear that out. If, if the majority of us wanted to be W-2 employees, we would have been W-2 employees years ago. If you, um, not to if, mention, you, if you want sick pay benefits, go yeah. work, get a get a full, you know, get a job in Target at Walmart. Yeah. And not well, to and like they're like we talked about a few weeks ago, like in Seattle, like with the pay up thing that we just talked about, they said like they are giving like Uber and Lyft drivers like some benefits there and like California was prop twenty two and all that stuff. So I think I think the prop twenty two model is probably the future of this industry. Is it or, or kind of like how it is in England? How there's a it's not independent contractor, it's not employee, it's just worker, and like you're entitled to some benefits, but you also have to, you know, work a certain number of hours to qualify them. You know, I don't know if that's going to reach a federal level within the near future, but it does seem like that's going to be the future. Yeah, it, the yeah question it, it'll vary by state too. Yeah, yeah, and also one other note on this particular subject uh, they meant he mentioned benefits and how people want access to those benefits during the whole pandemic or whatever you wanted to call it mm -hmm. nowadays um a lot of people were forced to work from home and then eventually people were brought back to the office some people were actually saying i will give up my benefits if you allow me to work from home and most of the time they were denied that luxury, but because of that, that's why they switched jobs to more remote work locations. Mm -hmm. So that way they don't have to be subjected to those challenges. And that's what caused the great resignation as we, as the term is coined now. Mm -hmm. Incentives right. to work. <laughs> yeah. Incentives to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's move on. We got one more political um, hmm. story, although I think I think pretty much everybody would like this one. And this isn't gig necessarily related, but it's pretty close. Democrats urge IRS to boost drivers 58.5 cent mileage deduction. Uh, so I'm just going to read the meat, meaty points of the article here. Businesses, gig workers and other proprietors are currently able to deduct 58.5 cents per mile as the business cost for federal taxes. Representatives Ruben Gallego of Arizona and Sharice Davids of Kansas, along with other Democrats, ask IRS Commissioner Chuck Redding to temporarily boost this amount according to a letter obtained by Bloomberg News. And you can see um, the chart of gas prices from 2019 to present. Man, that dip in late, or in like right when the pandemic started, you know, and gas was like less than two bucks. Oh, man, that was nice. I'd love to go back to that. Anyway, lawmakers asked for more generous deductions to be retroactive to March 1st. A uh, call for increasing the mileage reduction comes as congressional Democrats try to find ways to tamp down inflation before November's midterm elections. The House is set to vote within days on a bill to ban oil companies from price gouging, but a narrowly divided Senate and House make it difficult to pass legislation. The IRS effort wouldn't require legislation because the agency sets the mileage deduction amount annually without direction from Congress. There's also a precedent for a mid-year change. The IRS increased the mileage amount in 2011 as gas prices rose. 
So uh, far be it for me to agree with Democrats, but yeah, I mean, yeah, raise the, the deduction rate as much as possible. Why not a dollar a mile or even better, just abolish taxes altogether. So <laughs> it's not that simple. Good luck on that last it's, one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you can but, abolish, like, I like I don't, we don't, well, actually, you save a lot of money as independent contractors. You don't pay into Social Security or unemployment and stuff. Hmm. Um, and I, I got a $7 refund last year. Ooh. So I'm doing something right as far as my taxes goes. But yeah, if they, um, I would not. You know, if they want to increase the mileage reduction, by all means. I'm all for it. I also think that this is more of a political move for the Democratic Party because midterm elections are almost here. Mm. And between this and the whole Roe v. Wade thing, I think that is something that is going to definitely push the Democratic Party to keep Biden in office. Yeah, you, you know, the IRS, so the way this works, the IRS is an independent agency. You know, the mm -hmm. Congress can't tell them to do anything. They are, uh, they're supposed to be free of politics. So they're supposed, supposed to be. Supposed to be. Yeah, Let's get to the reality of this. <laughs> Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, they shouldn't be. So they should not be operating as, you know, politically like. See, even right like, up state agrees with me on Everything this. is a political move. Yeah. But anyway, so the IRS. You know they're they're independent, like the FDA. They're supposed to be independent, and so don't even they, wish that they decide. They you know they come up with they have a formula for the for the gas deduction, hmm. and uh, they'll I I think they'll go ahead. I mean I think they'll change it. They've done it before, and they mentioned it yeah. in the Washington Post story that they do. Hmm. So is anybody out there uh, uh, opposed to this? That's what I would want to know because. I mean, unless like you're really and it's actually kind of funny that it's coming from Democrats. You think it'd be coming from the other uh, party because, you know, the Democrat like the less you pay in taxes, you know, the the left loves taxes because it funds their their state and their program. Well, what the Democrats in the House should do is hold a hearing, get the commissioner mm -hmm. of the IRS there and ask her or whoever it is, you know. Why don't you raise the mileage deduction? And when's that happening? I yeah. think because of all of the things that are happening with the economy and Biden and all of the things that they supposedly were going to do well. But the moment Biden got in office, everything started going downhill. Now it's good. He doesn't want to be the next Trump or the Democratic Trump for how the <laughs> public views him whether or not you're a Trump per person or not. So this that's why I say this is mainly a political move. Democrats want the, the ability to keep Biden in office, especially with midterm elections and with the next two years going to be a new potential president. Crazy Legs 007 said, great content, guys. Checking in. I didn't know you were in Orlando. I'm... Right Crazy outside of legs. Thank you for chiming in. In Sanford. Um, anyway, let's take a quick 30-second break, and we'll be right back. Are seconds. you a DoorDash delivery driver? Would you like to be safer and less stressed while driving and earn more at the same time? 
the Driver's Utility Helper app allows you to do just that. Create custom filters and its automated system does the work for you, automatically declining unwanted low-paying requests and accepting more profitable requests so you can focus on driving. Visit acceptordecline.com to get started today. All right, more. So this is the, the Uber slightly good news story I was talking about before. So this is from USA Today. You know they're succinct. Uber Eats testing autonomous deliveries allows food ordering at stadiums. So brand new company Uber announced money they would offer Uber Eats at stadiums so fans can order food without having to wait in line in concession stands. Once an order is ready, users just walk up to, up to the concession stand and pick it up. That kind of defeats the purpose, though. It's like... That all it does is just skip the line. You still have to get out of your seat and walk over there. Why can't they deliver it to your seat? Now that would be service. Uh, the service will be available at the following locations. The plan to expect expand to other stadiums: Dodger Stadium, Yankee Stadium, Capital One Arena, Minute Maid Park, PayPal Park, and Roizen Park in France. Odd. The service among several new products Uber unveiled Monday is part of a live stream event. Here's a breakdown of other services Uber will offer. Uh, Uber roll out two pilot programs in LA where Uber Eats deliveries will be completed without a human driver. I think we talked about that. You know, it's the cooler on wheels, basically. Uh, Uber, yeah. Instead of booking an Uber, as soon as you hop off your flight or depart your hotel, you can connect your Gmail account to reserve rides in advance for every part of your trip. Uh, Uber Comfort Electric. Users in LA, San Diego, San Francisco, Dubai uh, will get the option to request an electric vehicle as part of the company's push to deliver zero emissions by 2040. Uber is providing incentives for drivers to use electric cars. And that's it. Now, there's actually, um, they made this whole like 10 minute montage uh, where they, sh they I'm not going to play it because it's too long, but like Alana Glazer from Broad City, she was in it. And like Dara was in it. And like they're all, uh, Steve Johnson on Ride Share Rodeo, we talked about this the other day. So check that out if you didn't see it. But um, yeah, just, I don't usually like to do these PR type stories since there's nothing especially controversial to talk about. But um, the thing with the, the robot delivery though, is that, I mean, they had this on college campuses and it's only in a handful of college campuses and mm -hmm. um, the robots can't navigate stairs. And also all it takes is some asshole to just go up to it and push it over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what they need is you see that South park where Cartman got a rascal and then that happened to him, and so they had to install tip assist. Yeah, they need, they need tip assist for the the robot delivery car. Oh my gosh! Also, the oh. robot delivery kind of defeats the purpose again. Like with the the stadium, is that yeah? You still have to get off your ass and go outside and get it. What if you're on like the 40th floor or something? This article yeah. this article says Uber is providing incentives for drivers to use electric cars. Is that true? Yeah. Well. Between the government and through Uber, there's always been things that allow for some sort of incentive to switch from gas to EV. So that way, they're always promoting like friendly environmental things. And mm -hmm. whether it's a credit or something like that, it's all it's always available. The problem is, is that a lot of people see EV and think, oh, there's going to be terrible range, and we're going to forget to charge it, or something to that effect. Elon Musk is doing well with Tesla, but unless you're spilling money out of your right pocket, that's not, like, not everybody can afford a Tesla. 
let's just get right down yeah. to it. Um, so EVs, am I looking forward to eventually driving an EV? Maybe for a video to talk about the differences between an EV, a hybrid, and a gas vehicle for gig work, but not too much for actually driving one at this time. They got to make a better EV for that <laughs> until yeah. I could eventually switch. I heard Tesla is working on like a everyman model that'll be like working under 30,000 or something. Yeah, working on it. They did say mm. that. That's why I was saying like Tesla currently does not have it available, but mm. I'm yeah. I'm still not convinced yet. I Technology is you drive Priuses. I you know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah Prius. Yeah, hybrids have been always good for the gig economy because they're better on city in most cases, city miles. However, for long distance, for whatever reason you need to hit a highway, they actually do worse on highway. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> um, but as far as autonomous delivery goes, I, I can't see that happening anytime soon. Uh, I, not for every. That's like a generation at least away. At least. Yeah. At least. Um, do I do I think that we'll become potential employees by the time that happens? I also think that we'll pro we might end up being pro prop 22 and I, I independent contractors, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. Long before we end up going into autonomous delivery. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on. This is something uh, Hannibal and I talked about. So Grubhub, New York City free lunch promo turns fiasco amid 6,000 orders a minute. Um, so on this was on Tuesday. The company offered a free lunch up to $15. People in New York City and the surrounding area who place orders through their app uh, within a three-hour win window. And a lot of people got the message. And here's like a little video of like all the receipt. <laughs> this is like from one restaurant. Everybody... He's trying to get a free lunch, literally. If you order from... Actually, let me pause this so I can read it. Oh, sorry. Dreamy drivers riding all over the city and are hard to find. Sorry. Was there sound in here? You might need to turn on system sound. Oh, yeah. Well, there, that's they, the there, There's the lunch. She delivered it. Mission accomplished. I thought I had highlighted this. All right, sorry. All right, so uh, shut up. There we go. More than a handful of New Yorkers got the message too about Grubhub's free lunch promotion, like to the tune of six thousand orders a minute. But one critical group said it was left out of the loop: restaurants. Restaurants said they weren't included on Grubhub's Tuesday promotion. Ended up catastrophically overwhelmed with dry diners having to wait hours for orders in some cases never came and others unable to capitalize on the promotion at all. So one day only deal Grubhub offered free lunches up to $15. Yeah, we know that. Given the state of the economy, it's not really a wonder why. Uh, Grubhub told MarketWatch it was trying to process 6,000 orders. Yeah, they keep repeating themselves. Uh, Spokesperson said those issues were resolved within the three-hour uh, window, but at that, that point, restaurants said they were no, they are far too backlogged to catch up. Um, and then you see a lot of uh, tweets. Well, that one's deleted, but uh, let's see here. So, not surprisingly, um, this went off like a total shit show, which Hannibal and I predicted on on Monday. And I mean, does it? It doesn't surprise me. I'm like, I knew this was going to happen because 
first of all, it's Grubhub. And like, you know, so they, one of the articles we talked about on Monday is like, you know, Grubhub, Uber East, DoorDash, they all offer restaurants, all these promos all the time. Mm-hmm. And they talked to one of the restaurant tours and that, and they're like, you know, this, is this actually going to take off or is this going to be, you know, one of their many. So basically uh, the boy cried wolf scenario. And in this case, there actually was a wolf, you know, so restaurants got slim Grubhub. I don't know how much money they blew on this deal. I, at this point, I think Grubhub is just trying to tank themselves because the, like everything they do, whatever idea they have, the opposite is probably the better idea. So are they just trying to like, you know, blow out all their money or, or what's going on here? Cause have like, you Grubhub, seen, have, have you seen Disney's Fantasia, the movie Fantasia when Mickey mouse cast the spell and the, bro- and the broom start oh, yeah. bringing all the water. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what this is. It's like in Fantasia with Mickey Mouse and the brooms hmm. and the water. Uh, <laughs> you know, how. they're they're uh, that's an ill an ill conceived promotion. My question: Once they figure out how to make robot leave food at the door, then it might be game over for us. For some, uh, I think that was on the last. Um, okay. Yeah. So when it comes to Grubhub. They did actually do like a financial check on how much they can end up selling it for. Just Eat ended up actually doing one of those uh, audits recently for Grubhub. And a lot of there's a lot of controversy on whether or not that was a good idea to actually buy it. And now they're already considering selling it after a year, less than a year of having it. So are they trying yeah. to tank it at this point? I don't think they're trying to tank it. I think what works in Europe, because their parent company is a European-owned mm-hmm. business, is not going to work here in America because it's just a yeah. totally different economy. Well, Grubhub has their own CEO and their own staff and all that, too. So, I mean, I'm sure they you know, take advice, take it direction from yeah. Europe. But I would imagine this was like an American decision. They might just be trying to get back some of the incredible losses that they were trying. Mm-hmm. Grubhub trying to turn into Postmates real quick. <laughs> I pray that if they do get bought out, it's not from Uber Eats or DoorDash. I don't think they're going to get bought out. I don't think, yeah. well, you don't know. They actually did make an audit to whether or not they can actually sell the company. So it may end up getting bought out or shut down. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. We don't know how long Grubhub's going to last at this point. <laughs> so so if you do Instacart, you know that Instacart does Aldi, delivers to Aldi. And Dallas Aldi, Aldi, <laughs> Aldi, Aldi. So Dallas was a pilot for opening Aldi stores with Instacart. And when Aldi started, when the, when the program started, this big email went out to, I don't know who, but you got a free delivery and, and, and a $30 coupon on groceries. And so when, when, when it opened, when the, when the program started and we got a million orders to that this one Aldi store in the ghetto, and <laughs> then and they were all triples. 
they were all triples yeah. you could and, and you couldn't decline them back then so they just kept going and and it was like with mickey mouse well, and the brooms and you and that that went on for like two weeks that 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 aldi promotion on getting started on instacart so whenever you that's give how people, these work out yeah whenever you give people free stuff yeah they'll mm -hmm. they'll take it nobody ever says no to free stuff unless there's some horrible catch so yeah when you give stuff away for free you just bring out like all the cheapskates and and everything well yeah you don't have to be a cheapskate but if somebody just says hey you can do something for free usually there's some kind of catch like they got to get your phone number or your email or something you know you they're know not, it's, they're not cheapskates they're coupon clippers you know it's funny you mention that because i remember i don't i forget where i read this <laughs> but who, like between a six-figure earner and a low like a low income person who is more likely to use it actual coupon a six-figure mm -hmm. earner because they're smarter with money but that yeah. being said free is a totally different ball game free is i can have this much and save money yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go in on it it's not I'll save 50 cents when I'll sit when I spend 10 or something like that. There's no skin it's, in the game. Exactly. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think we beat this horse to death. We did. The, so well, let's those poor drive those poor drivers. Those yeah. poor Grubhub drivers. I would love to hear from uh some New York City uh Grubhub drivers about what it was like that day. I think there was anyway. a too. Yeah. Uh this is from it's a local news story, but it's actually they just uh, regurgitate it from CNN. So it's uh, pizza has a delivery problem. I think we talked about this before. Pizza place has always been experts when it comes to delivery, flexing with remote drop-offs and robot delivery cars. But now they're facing a problem: not enough drivers. In early March, Domino's then CEO Rich Allison warned that a driver shortage would be a drag on business. He was right, and the problems have continued into this year. In the first three months of 2022, delivery at Domino's U.S. stores open at at least a year fell by 10.7% compared to the prior year. Allison said an April analyst call, noting that he's disappointed with the delivery results. Overall, sales at those stores fell 3.6% in that period due to in part to staffing issues. It's not just Domino's Pizza Hut, owned by Yum Brands, is also hurting the brand's same store sales in the United States dropped 6%. Uh, so how do you solve the delivery problem? Hiring more drivers is the obvious solution, but this isn't easy. The U.S. job market has not yet fully recovered from the pandemic, but it's getting there. Of the 22 million jobs lost after COVID, uh, about 20.8 million have been restored. And the labor market seems to be cooling down this year, making hiring more difficult. Pizza companies will have to do more than just try to convince more drivers to deliver more pizzas. Filling the void will require other changes like outsourcing, outsourcing phone orders to dedicated call centers, leaning more heavily on tech, and if they can swing it, charging more for pizza. One way to add more drivers without hiring more people is to reassign current employees. Domino's hoping call centers will help. Another way to reduce the impact of the problem, charge customers more until the worker shortage ease. However, pizza lovers might have to wait a little longer for their pies. Joe, you know what's funny? It's like every time we're on the show, we always talk about pizza <laughs> at some point. <laughs> That's amazing. It's your uh, third, you know, the interview, and then last week, and now this week. I think there's we talked about pizza at some point. So, and I am like one of the biggest pizza critics you'll ever meet, too. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, so can, that's you know, can uh, can 
Can miners but, still deliver pizza, or is 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 the insurance too high? Because, uh, uh, that was what? my job in high school. I delivered pizza. It was the I, best. I would, it was the I'll best. work for like so. a local pizzeria and actually deliver food. That's what I mean. When I was in high school, that was my job. I, del I I'm still that was delivering. actually my first. That was one of my first delivery jobs. Actually, I used to work for Frankie's Eastside Pizza in Farmingdale, and I was doing okay with it. But at the time, I would think, I, as long as they're not delivering alcohol, they, I would imagine it's still a thing. But because so many pizza places have just farmed out to DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, Waiter, Bite Squad, and like the you know, whatever the yeah what, what yeah my they friends, don't really need drivers one of my friends here who just works all the time he took a job at pizza hut and uh and it's in las colinas which is a high-end a wealthy neighborhood over here and hmm. he said on and he works saturday nights and he said it was just it was awesome hmm. tons of cash tips tons of cash tips and he said well, it was you know he said it was great I don't think they mentioned in this article that Domino's was doing. Did you see that commercial where they'll, if you go and pick up your order at Domino's, it'll actually be like a two or three dollar credit or something. So yeah. it's like it's like you tip yourself. Uh -huh. that's, that's pretty good. I mean, and for I don't, if I'm going to order pizza, I don't go to chains. Like the 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 mom and pop places are so much better. Facts. Yeah. Facts. Um, I think That's... that this is threatening <laughs> chains so badly to where they'd I don't know if they're gonna make it through all of this to mm. realistically speaking. I, I with Domino's, they don't even they're not even available on DoorDash Uber Eats or Grubhub. Yeah, they only have their own drivers. With mm. Papa John's, they've already earned the reputation of stealing tips on DoorDash. So that they're not getting DoorDash drivers unless they are. How how like unless like how many times they gotta decline the order before it eventually gets taken, and I don't like what's the other one? Pizza Hut? Do you mm -hmm. like where was the last Pizza Hut that I saw? The only Pizza Hut that was around here was either some strip mall place that I would have never seen it. Or it was already like the building itself was already converted from a Pizza Hut to something else entirely, like uh, Anthony's yeah. coal fired pizza. And those fancier, like higher ends uh, pizza places, uh, for whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. those are doing a thousand times better on these platforms than any other of these cheapo pot smokers choice <laughs> of pizza yeah um choose knowledge said yeah three dollars cash back for next time cute gimmick whoops cute gimmick makes sense for them financially actually yeah. i mean domino's is still doing pretty well of of all those big companies yeah i think any way you any way you slice it it's a good deal i need but I'm bumping, you know, I need, I need like some sound effects in here. All right, let's move on. So this this is an, kind of an awkward story. This driver, Lyft driver's video of restaurant owners' racist remarks tops 500,000 views. And not this video. They always, the, I, Newsweek is pretty good about getting these, kind of like, actually like Daily Dot about getting these viral stories. But the video that they always put at the top of the article has nothing to do with what the video in the in the 
article is actually about. So um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but let's go over this real quick. A viral video showing a Lyft driver's response to racist remarks made by two customers has gained over 580,000 views since it was posted on Twitter early Sunday. The video posted by a political strategist recorded mm -hmm. inside of a Lyft car in Pennsylvania. The driver, James Bode, can be seen refusing to proceed with a ride request by a woman and a man after the woman made racist remarks. Bode also shared the video on his Facebook account Friday and claimed that the incident happened outside of Fossil's Last Stand restaurant, which he said appears to be owned by the customers who requested the ride. This happened tonight, blah, blah, blah. So um, it's funny. They took the video down. I'm surprised. Uh, so, you know, it's just a regular dash game video. The woman gets in the car. Logan, you gotta move, dude. I'm sorry, you can't see him. but <laughs> And she says to the driver, you're a white guy. And he asked her in shock, what's that? And then she replied, are you, are you a white guy? Are you a normal guy? You speak English? And patted him on the shoulder. Both then asked him to get out of his car. And then he's canceling the ride over inappropriate marks. Won't appear to be surprised. Uh... And he said, that's completely inappropriate. If somebody was not white sitting in the seat, what would be the difference? Driver then addressed the man accompanying the woman who wasn't there for the woman's comment and told him about what he said before asking him to leave the car. The man who was off camera can be heard cursing Bode in response. And, you know, then just all the, this this made the rounds on um, Twitter and all that stuff. But before we proceed any further, I want to show something. This is directly from Lyft.com. And this is their recording device policy, depending on local regulations. The use of dashboard cameras on their recording devices during rides may not be allowed. Some cities and states may require signage ma making the presence uh, known, while their reasons may not allow a recording device at all, which isn't really true. I mean, you can, as as a driver, you can re definitely have a dash cam. Uh, prefer, please refer to your city and state's regulations. But then this last paragraph or sentence here is the, the linchpin here. No pun intended. <laughs> Broadcast. Another person's image or recording without their express prior consent is prohibited and may result in your account being disabled. So that's why, that's why Newsweek took that down. Well, because the, the people in that video didn't. The, you're that, stepping the on my issue. Oh, you oh, let sorry. me finish here, dude. So I don't know what's happened with the driver since then, but my point is from that last paragraph, he should actually be not only deactivated, but that man and that woman have a slam dunk legal case against him and Lyft because he docks them. You know, he like right, the headline of the Newsweek story said they, you know, the restaurant owners. And then actually, I didn't mention it in the article, but you know, they said, you know, as is always the case, the internet mob went after them and they started getting one star reviews on Yelp and all that stuff. Um, I'm not going to defend what the person with these writers, what they said. And, you know, I, I've been in similar situations, especially here in Orlando. I don't do ride share driving as much, uh, but I've had customers say similar things to me. They're like, Oh my God, a white driver. And like, they're mostly like, you know, kind of joking around. Like, and it's not just white people that say that it's people of all races, ethnicities, creeds, colors, whatever It's because they're so used to getting into an Uber or Lyft of like somebody who's, uh brazilian or you know from central south america they speak hmm. spanish or portuguese or middle eastern or russian you know um but so my point is is if lyft is gonna actually but lyft is a woke corporation so they're probably gonna stand by their driver even though their terms of service clearly say you're not supposed to do that like i don't know if you guys used to watch um 
Ryan is driving. He's actually one of the biggest gig tubers of all time. It, he stopped making videos a few years ago and he would basically like once a week, he would post dash cam footage of like some interesting uh, encounters he had with his riders, but he wouldn't blur their faces out or anything. And that's what like, sorry, the video is gone, but you know, he didn't, th this guy, James Bode, he didn't blur. Not only did he not blur the, <laughs> the images of the riders, but he, like I said, he essentially docks them because we, pretty much on their name and their restaurant that they own now. Um, so I don't know if these people are watching, but if they lawyer up, I think they're entitled to a big payday. So rant over. What do you guys think? These people aren't the brightest bulbs, you know, <laughs> it's just about retribution. These people. <laughs> <laughs> they're fighting. People got into a fight. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. Well, before I even start on my piece, I do want to be clear. I am 100% against discrimination of any kind, whether it's gender, race, uh, sexual orientation, religious, political views, whatever. No one should be discriminated. Uh, no one should be judged by anything outside of the contents of their character. However, in this case... And I think this is something that society has pushed a lot these days. And that is forcing a recording on somebody else without their consent is not okay. And well, I think this has been done with people who are like Karens or whatever they want to be called. People who are in a restaurant, like they don't want to be forced into being recorded, but it's for a YouTube video, so it's okay. Or it's for a TikTok or whatever. Yeah. If you don't want to be recorded, you don't be recorded. In this case, the dash cam is meant for security purposes. Yeah. Not making a viral video. Yeah. Ruining that for security yeah. purposes, like, oh, I attacked so i need to talk to a lawyer about getting compensated on getting attacked that's one thing and if this was the lawyer's advice to make it to send it to local news and make a thing about it fine i don't think i don't think he lawyered up before he posted that video he just posted that because he wanted to virtual signal or he wanted like you know he wanted to make a viral video and get make a million dollars off the clicks you know it's, I mean, you could, or both. You're about to send that million dollars straight to her bank account. Yeah. So if he, if she does end up taking the legal route on the subject, yeah. This so like, I, go ahead. Remember the Hulk Hogan video that that <laughs> killed BuzzFeed because they published it. I mean, yeah. BuzzFeed, Gawker, BuzzFeed, Gawker, Gawker, yeah. Yeah, you know, you can't post well, videos with same malice. Same. You can't post videos, you know, with the intent of malice. So, yeah, you're you're right, Joe. Those people need to sue. They have a good I case. think they could, like, if the dude had blurred their faces and didn't mention, you know. Yeah, and, if and they didn't, didn't say, them, a, yeah, if it didn't say a name and blurred their faces and their identity is concealed 100%, I'm on chat, I'm with chat on that. I, hmm. Chad. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, 
Thumbs down. What's going on? Well, sorry, I'm just a point down. Yeah. If they kept it like all identities are concealed, that's one thing. But he did none of that. But it's a security footage image. I don't know how much he is capable of doing on that subject. Yeah. So I, we can get, I'm I'm actually surprised. uh, I'm surprised like Tim Pool or somebody hasn't picked up on this story because, you know, like, all the CRT NPC dopes on, especially on Twitter, were like calling this guy a hero. I'm like, that's not a hero. You know who's a hero is, and, and I still see these stories in in my Google alerts every morning. Is that woman? Uh, I think she was a DoorDash driver, and uh, her customer was like passed out on the sidewalk in front of her house, and she like did CPR and you know essentially yeah. saved her life. Like that's yeah. a hero. This dude is just a you know, he's a virtual signal. He's more of an activist than a hero. Yeah, I agree. Activist. So anyway, let's take another quick commercial break and we will be back in 55 seconds. Meet Joe. He's a rideshare driver that drives for Uber and Lyft. Joe currently uses multiple phones to efficiently drive for Uber and Lyft. But this can be a pain at times and very unsafe. That was until Joe found Maximo, the rideshare app that automates Uber and Lyft ride requests. Maximo will use the filters set by Joe, like time, distance, and passenger rating, to determine which rides are best suited for Joe. When a ride request comes in, Joe doesn't need to worry. Maximo will automatically accept the ride request that matches his filters, and then turn off the app that isn't currently on a ride. Once Joe finishes the ride, Maximo will turn everything back on. This will allow Joe to focus more on his passengers and driving safe. Yep, so check out Maximo and Driver's Utility Helper. Link in the show notes. Um, I will say that if you use my link, I will get a little bit of a commission. So... um, Definitely recommend them, uh, especially if you do all the apps, especially if you're a rideshare driver. The only downside is they are designed for Android only. So, all right. So we covered all the hard news. Let's get into the soft, fluffy news. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is, soft, pillowy news. Yeah. Uh, the trends Instacart thinks change food forever. I saw this on a bunch of uh, websites and... I'm just going to kind of use this as a launching pad. I'm just going to go straight to the Instacart blog. So this is their top 10 food uh, trends or whatever, a decade in the digital. It's basically like 10 things that they've noticed. So, and they, they, they're supposed to count down to the top 10 list, not count up. So number one uh, is the, the rise of uh, sparkling beverages, especially LaCroix. Flavored sparkling water phenomenon was undoubtedly the biggest grocery trend to rock our carts and quench our thirst becoming the choice beverage for millions of consumers in fact one out of seven instacart orders included favoring flavored sparkling beverages i can agree to that uh the tick tock of the town recipes go viral on tiktok and in our kitchens main ingredients almost immediately show up in grocery carts uh number three produce precision we're all picky about our produce and avocados are one of the most often commented on with 5 million shopper instructions about avocados logged over the past decade. I agree, especially here in Florida. When people order produce, there's almost always one avocado in there. Number four, raise a can. The world of alcohol beverages was changed forever. When hard seltzers burst into carts in 2018, 
Over the last six years, these beloved bubbly and refreshing boozy drinks grew an unprecedented 164 times in sales. Number five, nutritious is delicious. I'm going to go down here. It says, a Harris poll found that among those who have ordered groceries online, 81% say doing so helps them make healthier choices. Number six, cauliflower everything. Did cauliflower sign up to become pizza, rice, pasta, or mashed potatoes, or among other things? Probably not, but one thing's for sure. Cauliflower's adaptability has shown us just how creative we can get with our vegetables. It's true. I try to get those cauliflower crust pizzas because they're way, way less in calories. Number seven, you know, a variety of milks, uh, up, up to 20 different options. Uh, oat milk is proving to be the most recent fan favorite with the share of deliveries, including oat milk, increasing by over 3,000% in the last four years. Number eight, you know, fake meat, meat in the middle, they call it. Iscar currently delivers more than 1,000 SKUs of plant-based meat, an 85 times increase since April 2013. Number nine, bone a pet tree. Uh, since 20, April 2013, we've seen sales of pet products grow by three times. And number 10, a hot take on condiments. According to Instacart purchase data, hot sauce is the most popular condiment among uh, U.S. Uh, large cities. We've had the privilege of delivering 1.1 million gallons of spicy goodness since 2012. So... Did any of these trends surprise you? None of them truly surprised me. The only thing that I would note otherwise is that the TikTok thing that they mentioned has not just affected um, Instacart and Shopper apps. It's also affected food delivery ever since they started TikTok Kitchens and Grubhub. Mm -hmm. Where all of these baked re all of these recipes end up on a virtual brand, so I definitely, I definitely think that there is a lot of room to grow on all of these factors: the hard seltzers, all of the recipes out there, everything. Steve, people, love, the, people love their LaCroix. Oh my gosh, <laughs> LaCroix. Um, I'm pretty sure it's LaCroix. I think LaCroix. that's the joke. <laughs> I, it's, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I like the French. I, you know, that's the French way to say it. Those Steve, are, I mean, yeah, that's all, that's all correct. You know, that those are, you know, there's avocados, the sriracha. People love <laughs> the hot sauce. Now, and, you know, in Texas, it's not so, you know, in Texas. No, in Texas, it's got to be like a competition of some kind, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's people get the, the Frank's Red Hot thing they mentioned, mm. but um, that's boring. As an Instacart shopper, like I, one of the most intimidating parts of the supermarket is the condiment section. I mean, ketchup and mustard is really easy to find, but when they put all the barbecue sauce and hot sauce together, and like there's so many brands now, like you know, it's you know, a you, huge... they have their own aisle at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they yeah. it, like in uh, the, the public and then you need to here. you need to know substitutions. You if you want to be a smart shopper, that that barbecue sauce they want the customer mm. wants they can be out of it a lot. And so, mm. what's a good substitution? Yeah. Steve, do they have this in Texas? What they do here at Publix in Florida is they have like a whole like on the end cap they'll have local brands like it'll say support Florida businesses and it's all like Florida hot sauces and Florida um you know condiments or whatever um do you guys is they have sections at heb and places like that for support texas yeah texas is very patriotic with our food companies so <laughs> so sure you can um 
Yeah, like LaCroix. Well, I get like especially in Austin. In, in places like Austin, they're mm -hmm. really, they really, you know, if it's a Texas thing. So, so you know, like Texas, uh, Waterloo. Do y'all have Waterloo water there? I don't know. Um, anyway, that's yeah, Texas, I think so. and that's that. That's a big deal here. Waterloo. It's more you know, people buy that instead of LaCroix. There's mm -hmm. Texas replacements for everything too. Cholula, Texas I think is made in Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, why get the Tabasco? You can get the Cholula. You know, why get you know? So when I, when I, I was in the Navy, when I was on the ship, um, I would put Texas Pete in the scrambled eggs like every morning because otherwise mm -hmm. it was like eating like colored air or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I've still not really caught into the cauliflower thing. The cauli yeah, cauliflower yeah. I like I cauliflower. Uh, I like the cauliflower crust pizza. That's pretty good. Really, you will save like half the calories, especially like if you eat like those personal pizzas. You know, yeah, yeah no, Mr. I. What do I you am, think? Yeah, I am a huge pizza critic. One of my uh, one of the problems I had down here was actually finding a good pizza place and while some of them are great i end up defaulting to blaze pizza a lot and one of the things they offer is actually cauliflower crust pizza um that being said i'll be honest i never had the balls to try it um <coughs> i feel like what do you think like comparing normal crust to cauliflower crust how would you define it? go go to the store and get that the the go to the pizza section and buy the cauliflower things oh, yeah gosh. that's what all or, the, um, the real the real housewives of dallas love their <laughs> cauliflower pizzas a good, so another good one is uh <laughs> get get california pizza kitchen they they do a cauliflower crust frozen pizza they do like, that's a good one. one to start i don't think i would i don't think i would yeah i'm like you like i probably if i'm gonna order pizza out i'm gonna go with regular traditional bread crust mm. but Normal if you're pizza. gonna get if you're gonna get frozen pizza from the supermarket yeah the cauliflower ones are pretty good um and like the california pizza kitchen like so like all the frozen pizza brands they do like a cauliflower one and got you it's gotcha. it's just a good way to like save on calories you know so instead yeah. of like you know 500 calories a slice it's like you don't want to eat the elio's pizza from your childhood <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> all right let's let's move on we only got two more stories and this is one of our uh react to videos uh, I saw this on a bunch of sites. I'm just going to grab this one off of dailymail.com. All right. So Katie Perry announced as a new face of Justy after Snoop Dogg raked in a bunch of money for starring in 60 second commercial. So I guess this is the, the commercial. Oh wait, I got to hang on a sec. I have to change the, the settings here so that the viewers can hear the system audio. All right. I don't know if you guys watch this, but let's check this out. What? I'll say. There we go. Need some ice, can make it a swirl. Gotta treat this California girl. When you're running through this world, 
<laughs> puppet. I like the puppets. Yeah. Always. Puppets are always yeah. good. <laughs> That's a. It's always kind of bizarre when celebrities do commercials just straight up hawking a product like that. You know, I always like, remember like in the 80s or 90s when Michael J. Fox did those Pepsi commercials and it was like he'd be on some weird adventure and then he just wound up like, that's better where it's like a little story. But when it's just, hey, I'm celebrity and here's product, you know, you should buy it. I, I never liked those. It's like how much they really need, you know, what the money. What adventure or... can you go on with Grubhub? You're literally yeah. getting something delivered to your house. Yeah. That's one She's of the really happy. She also eats sushi and watches movies at home. Who, how many of you do that? <laughs> Everybody, yeah, watch have... eat sushi and watch, watch movies. Who and eats eat sushi? sushi specifically? Yeah, I got sushi have that in the delivered. fridge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that like being said, five dollar sushi Wednesday at Publix. This is what uh, Uber Eats and Grubhub are. Don't be like the dasher who delivered food to his core court and then get it in the same car all on the ring camera. Oh, my gosh. Not sure which story he's talking about. Not sure which one you're talking about, but that sounds crazy. I wonder um, if, will Katy Perry deliver? Between, that, would be, that would be a promo. Like, like um, that would be fun. If you actually saw celebrities in certain areas actually delivering, that would be a fun yeah. promo. But. That there were stories, yeah. There were stories last year where you get like you know, Batmobile or a James Bond car. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, car. like that's something I wanted to do as a ride along video, like yeah. actually delivering in the Batmobile or something to that effect. I think you can rent you can rent the Adam West Batman sixty six Batmobile. Don't even tempt me with that. <laughs> well, that's uh, sure that's a fun video. I, my re I thought that was a fun video. There's videos of uh, like people doing Uber and Lamborghinis. The problem is like it's totally against the terms of service because you have to show up with whatever car you registered with. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. We, we got way off topic, but I don't know. Uh, but the whole thumbs Katie up, thumbs down in this commercial. I think that one of those challenges Uber Eats and Grubhub are going through is their marketing, and this is part mm -hmm. of it. Um, the cringy uh, dance video for Grubhub, Katy Perry, and the fact that Snoop Dogg is actually partnering with them or something to that effect. After he had a problem with Uber Eats, the whatchamacallit before, like a month prior to them actually joining. And what was it? Uber Eats with the whole... Gwyneth Paltrow video and yeah. some other video that had like made really bad reactions to. And I think it's that plus DoorDash making very okay commercials for DoorDash <laughs> that is actually making the mark like the market share that much higher on DoorDash. Mm. So I think that's going to be part of what destroys Grubhub at this point. 
They waste all their money on giving out free food in New York City, and they waste all this money on Katy Perry. Yeah, can we get real commercials up, please? Those are influencers. That's how marketing, the marketing people think marketing works now. You have to have an influencer like Katy Perry. I don't even really see commercials anymore. I do like, but that's another point in itself. Influence is a better marketing tool than. Than but then you you should do it virally. You don't just even you just pay a TikToker to pretend to promote your products, mm-hmm. like in a video or something. Mm-hmm. At this like point, the what happened like last week with that blonde girl, that TikToker that she talked about her hero Uber driver that yeah to get her phone back and that stuff. Like yeah. that's 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 the route you go. You don't like I was saying. I don't even see commercials anymore because I pay fifteen bucks a month for YouTube to be ad free, and then I pay for you know hulu disney all those packages so the only time i see commercials is like if i'm watching a live sports game and they go to commercial yeah you know so i don't see commercials anymore that's probably that's probably the point that a a lot of these companies are making is that the like there's no point in actually having quality commercials anymore just pay I don't know who's an actually quality influencer with a good following at this point. I don't even know any of them. Mm. Yeah, they're all sexy blondes in their twenties, you know, and they're gonna age out eventually. So, all right, let's let's go Chad on to our last economist. Yeah, Chad I'm the gig economist. You can follow him, and he'll make a commercial for you. <laughs> Atlanta <laughs> delivers. Then- there you go. Oh, she could do it. She's, she's coming a, in on the tail end of the show. We're only we we got one more story left, but this one this one's pretty funny. Although again, it sounds like a broken record. Two year old orders thirty one cheeseburgers on DoorDash after taking mom's phone. Look at this picture. Of this little kid in his diaper. <laughs> uh, this kid is a cheeseburger. Texas mom was in for a very cheesy surprise when her toddler sneakily took her phone and ordered thirty one cheeseburgers from McDonald's. Barrett too cheekily grabbed his mom's cell. To play some digital games, but wound up buying an excess of fast food burgers via DoorDash. The mom took to Facebook on Sunday to share that she has 31 free cheeseburgers from McDonald's if anyone's interested. Apparently, my two-year-old knows how to order DoorDash. Once saw the post, the mom shared a stu- shoot, yeah, a cute snap of Barrett sitting on the table. Yeah, we saw that. Total bill for the extra lunchtime sandwiches was $91.70. Included a $16 tip for the DoorDash driver who had to make the trek to her house. So there's that picture again. Mm. And there's the mom with the kid. And yeah. McDonald's must have changed their wrappers or something. But um, yeah. there was a story about this or similar to this a couple of weeks ago that Hamble and I covered. It was a uh, Uber Eats driver, Uber yeah. Eats and Starbucks, wasn't it? Yeah, and they said they ordered like a hundred bucks worth of food. And Hannibal was calling bullshit. He's like, you know what? These, it's just the parents did this, and they just pretended that the kid ordered it because they're trying to like get a a viral video out of it or whatever. But I think that's the other thing that we were just talking about. That's a better marketing move than half of whatever commercials they create. Well, just have a cute kid who everyone's going to go, ah, over (laughs) and see them buy DoorDash, go through DoorDash or Uber Eats or Grubhub and place an order and whether it's their intention or not to actually do that. And then people are going to think I should order McDonald's on DoorDash or I should order Starbucks on Uber Eats. 
Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty obvious this is real. This this particular video is real. This it's, feels it's pretty real. clear. You know it's why, real. right? Do you, you think know, you know, it's the... clear because um, nobody ordered fries? <laughs> Good point. Yeah, um, I don't know, but still, a two-year-old can't read. So I'd be curious to see how far they can get in the app. You know, there maybe um, Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats. If like they see these stories, maybe there should be some kind of uh, something within the app where if the customer orders an unusually large and weird order like this, where the restaurant would actually call you to confirm, "Hey, did you really order thirty-one cheeseburgers?" You know, because like goo, if, goo. if I'm at McDonald's and I see that receipt come in for thirty-one cheeseburgers. I mean, depending on the time of day, too. Remember, um, remember, did, did were you doing Instacart when we would get orders like twenty five bunches of bananas, oh and they really God. wanted twenty, but you know, or they wanted yeah. sixteen bunches of bananas in the app, but why they would somebody want on sixteen individual bananas? Yeah, yeah, that like that. Every time I'm doing Instacart <laughs> and somebody orders bananas, if it's one or two, I always message them and I say, "Did you want?" Just one banana or one bunch or one pound because they're not the same thing. Right. Yeah. So maybe, you know, so it's the same like with the the burgers. Anyway. There's always a, there's always people screw up their, you know, the, the, the ordering. Yeah. Well, I guess that brings the end to another show. Um, I don't, I don't have a guest lined up for my next interview show. So the only thing I have to promote is, you know, Monday night. Same as always, Hannibal and I will be here with the news. Mm. Uh, and I'm trying to make um, this show a three-person show on both Mondays and Thursdays. Joe is doing a great job on killing it on Thursday morning. So uh, if you want to keep coming back every Thursday, you know, you got to open invitation. Absolutely. Uh, or you can also do the Monday night show with us too. We do that at 10. Uh, I might end up having my own live stream on Monday nights, but oh, we're competing. Uh, I don't. I, it might. I might end up changing it. I don't know if I'm going to do it Tuesdays, but I definitely need to start changing my schedule a little bit as far as posting to mm -hmm. like changing an actual post to a live stream. So that's something I am planning in the future. Uh, sneak peek to tonight. <laughs> um, I will say every time I open TikTok, they show me your video first. So actually, here we'll do this as a real time experiment. Um, actually, I didn't I, post anything last night, so I it doesn't matter it. though. It just I'm gonna open TikTok. That's an spider. Ad. That's a uh, great video, Joe. Do you, follow, do you follow this dude, Selin Dash? Uh I haven't heard of him. No. I pretty much try to only follow gig people on TikTok. I just, I have a. I there's a whole a different world different of people news. on TikTok yeah. that that are on you than are on YouTube. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I um, don't even have TikTok. I've never installed <laughs> it. Yeah, I what thought it was run by time, man. Oh my god. I am. Um, I'm... I might end up coming on Monday. Uh, I'll keep you posted on that, but. That being said, I am definitely going to start making live streams myself. So I do want to be cool. transparent about that. Well, if any the viewers out there, if you have a, a recommendation for a guest for the next interview show, let me know in the comments. 
otherwise, I will see everybody Monday night. So have a good weekend. And uh, let me get the, uh, the outro here. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, Joe. Bye, Chad. Yep. See ya.